Jacko loves stray dogs. Beastie loves to loaf. You know what they say about playing the game? You can't hear it today. I said now. Welcome back to Legal Counsel. We are back after a one-week hiatus. As always, welcome our friend and ex-board member of the Hong Kong Rugby League. But oh my God's <laughs> sake! <laughs> I haven't done it for the last few weeks. So I've got a good story about that though, actually, um, because obviously Hong Kong are playing uh, Japan in our, our second ever Test match. This time we are travelling to Japan. Uh, I actually said to Neville, who you know who you are, Neville, the, the chairman, Neville Metcalf, um, who's previous, actually previous subscriber of the show. <laughs> but I don't think we've cut him, have we? So I think he's still a subscriber. Well, he still gets the emails. But anyway, he was saying, I said to him, hey, mate, when I'm going to get the SOS to get a run in Japan, he goes, no fucking way, mate. You should see the boys turning up now. So, really? look, I'm a bit disappointed they're just slagging my game off, but also pretty happy that Hong Kong's starting to get, obviously, pinch a bit, a few better athletes from, I'd imagine there are our circles, or maybe volleyball, who knows? Ooh. I mean, you should have made it on your contribution culturally alone. Like, you were the only guy singing the Hong Kong National Anthem. How did you yeah. learn that? Well, maybe uh, just yeah, YouTube and a little bit of Cantonese. But you're right, maybe I could play a, a Ronnie, uh, Ronnie Palmer-type Palmer role for the Hong Kong League, get on my real short league shorts and just run around and then they take the... The karaoke bars and Japan boys storm after the game with the rest of the boys. With your bum bag and then maybe the false, <laughs> false bottom, the false bottom <laughs> of the bum bag, and just you were just handing out David Violecki's quote. Um, uh, but back to so maybe you could be some sort. If you're not a trainer, you could be a cultural attaché because if you're yeah. the only you're the only white guy on the team that could actually sing the anthem, so that surely has to count for something. Yeah, that's, and, yeah, so they're, so Hong Kong, we're playing the Emerging Nation World Cup in November, so I'll be part of that scene. I guess I'll take my boots in case everyone gets too hungover or something. Um, but yeah, I'll be I'll be hung put over. of that. You don't get hungover when you're playing International League, do you? Oh, I don't know. You know what these guys are like. They'll probably see the bright lights, big cities, and fire up or after we lose to Hungary 82-0. But, you know, let's see what happens. Uh, there's a few guys that are keen to help out. Some good leagueies and up in Brisbane are keen to get involved, get their hands on this bunch, as, as people would say, and see what they can get out of them. Did you... So you were... Obviously, last week you were in Indonesia having some relaxation time, um, and... You still yeah, so I should apologise. Was there any should... local? Was there any local? Uh, no local league. And I've always said that, right? So obviously we're Asia's number one rugby league podcast. And I always think who should be the superpowers of Asian rugby league. Mm. And to me, there's probably one Philippines and Thailand. Philippines. Philippines are, yeah, but Thailand compete with them when they get their players. But Philippines are the best. Thailand just below. Then there's a bit of daylight between the... Hong Kong's and uh, Japan's of this world, but to me, Indonesia should be better at league than they really are because they've got Bali right, which is basically a an Australian town. They should be able to whip together a few Marubra boys to get a team together that could compete with at least the Hong Kong's and Japan. So they need to sort that out. And I actually met a guy in a bar that said. Um, some Sydney Rooster French rich guy came over and tried to get league going. Remy Castro? Flew, 
Uh, would it be Mimi? Maybe I didn't. I, was, I, I didn't believe them. I didn't, I didn't really believe what he's saying. But he reckons this got rich. No, Mimi Cashew's not rich. Was flying these guys all around the world, business class, really? trying to convince. I was like, there's just too many holes in the story. And then he goes, oh, and then he ran away, and now we all play union. So didn't really want to talk to him much after that. When you said before that Thailand don't get their players released, is that? Um is there, a, is there a large sort of club scene over there that are refusing to play ball with the international game and not releasing their Thai players? No, well, there's, uh, it's, a, it's a bit of a debate. Thai's got two rebel leagues, right? So you're never getting your best 13 out on the park. So, was it, is it sort of like the Super League war? Like, is that exactly. how nasty it's, it got? It's, there's, you know, Hong Kong, the Hong Kong League is sort of saying, well, we just want to play international games, so we'll talk to both of you. But can you guys just sort it out and just combine and get the RLIF on top of stuff so sounds like a lot of bad blood though yeah and you know what it's like league's such a passionate um, tribal game that these two Thai factions just don't want to deal with each other do you know what I mean I can, I can imagine I mean I remember Jeez. when I heard about the Super League I remember listening to a transistor radio and it was 1995 yep. and what came across the radio was the Super League split and six teams had gone across and I was a big Canberra Raiders fan um, back then, and I hadn't. No, you quite, you're a Warriors well, man. I hadn't quite. Really? I, mean, I had my foot in two camps in '95. Really say. interesting. Yeah. And I didn't really fully commit to the Warriors. I think until '97. Like I still liked them, but I had Canberra, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. still going through my veins at the time. And I just remember being on the verge of tears when I found out that the very competition that I supported and watched every Sunday was now splitting into two competitions. Imagine if that happened now in today's day and age. We, we've got a competition that is just going full-blown Rebel League. Like the, the same happened back in the NBA in the 1970s when they had the ABA. And that actually like arguably got almost as strong. And you had some of the all like, the real stylistic and flamboyant players were playing in the ABA and all the dunkers. Look, imagine if you had like the breakaway CFL, right now. CFL? Yeah. Something the XFL like. never took off. But they're going having another go at it, aren't they? they Vince McMahon's having another go, isn't he? Uh, I think he is. But uh, look, I think uh, rugby league, I watched a couple of videos on, on the tram home tonight. Rugby league in 1995 was something else. Oof. The entertainment fact, the crowds, the it was just Murdoch and Packer just wanted our game to go worldwide. I sort of... I, I sort of look back in that and say, what if everyone just committed to Super League and the money? Mm. Would we be in a better place now? I think we're in the same place. You've got the same kind of people run this sport. You've got the no, same... but I'm saying, would we, have got, would we still have a World Nines tournament that would take over Tokyo? I, I, think, I think internationally we might have yeah. went a bit further. And because New Zealand rugby league sold themselves out for a million bucks. All the British people got on board Super League because they, they could see their sort of their crest was falling off and they got onto it as they knew they needed to survive it was the what the is, guys down what's the street George Street the old New South Wales rugby league head office those mm-hmm. those proud died in the wall guys just didn't want a bar of it Ken Arthurson saved it how did they get how did they get back together who brought them back in together uh, I think it was because it just I mean Super League wasn't making any money it didn't have all the stars but geez, it had it was pretty much fifty fifty because they had the Broncos, who at that time was, you know, ten of the most famous people in rugby league. Yes, but they had one town, Brisbane, Auckland wasn't we weren't the Warriors weren't playing well. Uh, 
the Sydney people just really stuck behind ARL, didn't they? It was well, who were the Sydney it, teams? The Sharks were in the Super League. Sharks and Dogs, basically. Um, and then you had Penrith, and then everything else was ARL. Um, yeah, it was, it was interesting times, that's for sure. I just couldn't get my head around the jerseys. They were shit. That was half the problem. If they got the jerseys right. I think I would have supported it more. You know, I mean, I was a Warriors man at that stage, but I still enjoyed watching the ARL more. I think I'm right with you. Even though my teams were both Super League, yeah. I was like the the heritage of the jerseys and the stigma of the of the clubs was just just felt a little bit more earthy. Yeah. Don't know. And the World Club Challenge that was interesting. Uh, you know, it, it, yeah, the World Club Challenge. Could, I mean, that would have been even worse for the Pom teams if you know, had all the stars. That um, challenge was. I just remember these um, English teams coming over and just getting flogged by eighty points in a real hot oh, yeah. day. And then I remember when Talos was coming up against Penrith. Yeah. And nah, that might have been post Super League actually, when he gave it to Ben Ross. Oh yeah, no, it was post Super League definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, how, so Bali, any any good yarns while you're over there? Any interesting stories? Obviously, the cuisine over there, the Thai cuisine is no, actually no. Oh, sorry, <laughs> apologies, base. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I cuisine. mean, obviously, Baba and I are big ribs fans, so we went out and tried the Indonesian ribs, and mm. they were served up pretty well. Um, Beautiful. They're nice. Also, you got your your, your standard um, nasi goreng, nasi goreng, and the chicken satays. But yeah, the ribs really. Uh, it's one of my favourite foods. Um, oh, beef rendang as well. What's beef rendang? Um, uh, it's a, actually a Sumatran, a northern, you know, Sumatra, the big island of Indonesia food. It's um, like a beef with that sort of spicy black sauce around it. What's I'm sure you would have. It's the, nah, nah, mate. You, it's it's one of the top foods actually. But yeah, so family holiday base. So but every time really... I saw a photo, I saw you sending a video alone in a beautiful villa alone no one else to be seen inside and you were just in front of Fox Sports Channel 502 could you could watch NRL.com so it was yeah, it was not inside it was on that sort of bureau thing and everyone else was out swimming and stuff and I just it was one of the best settings to watch rugby league um, obviously Soup a good mate of it, both of us he we joined we were joined by a couple of Vietnamese mates in the villa they were good good, good people but they were shocked with my league watching, um, but you know, holidays about relaxing, and that's how I relax. So, how, so how, how shocked? Like, well, they were big rah-rahs, and they were like, the holidays for ho- well, that's the difference though. On league, you need to watch it. They there was no rah. Did well, you, to be honest, I run took over ages, the TV. Eight, there was two TV successful podcasts. Of course, you yeah, I did. I you did. Keep so up I did. the game. I did give them a shout. I should give them a shout. But I just, as soon as I got there, I commandeered one of the TVs and said, this is the league room. And, you know, Bubba was there and he was right into it. Well, I mean, it's not as though if you weren't watching league, you'd be the Ruan Sims of this podcast, wouldn't you? Oh, exactly. So, um, you hear that Daly M scandal? Yeah, Ruan Sims. That's actually, that's bad, isn't it? And it just shows how shit the Daly M's are. So, it's a proper contest. I mean, we've said that for from a long time, but Daly M's are a fucking joke. But Ruan Sims was playing a game for the Sharks at the same time as the Manly game. And then she said that she had watched the game. She submitted it 20 minutes after her game. So she would have had to have watched the full 80-minute game of Rugby League 
and in 20 minutes which is obviously physically impossible oh, but she, watching rl.com does allow you to fu- like put it on three times the speed yeah but okay actually here's barris who's a great listener of our show said his old man who's a mad dog of the buddies man watches every nrl game but he usually has to do like dinners and stuff on saturday night gets home and watches them every game on fast forward well i know a guy whose old man used to watch if he if he wasn't convinced that the movie was that good after 15 minutes he would watch the rest and fast forward and he would claim that he would basically be able to recite the whole plot of the movie afterwards and he was genuinely right well, that would have say so. Oh, I sound like that man because when I sit down to watch a movie with my wife now, and I get into about fifteen minutes, I'm like, oh, I'm not reading this. I just go open up Wikipedia and read the plot, and she's like, she looks over me, and goes, "You've read the plot now, have you?" And then I just go onto my phone and read league stories. Yeah, I, I know that feeling when you just sort of. It's hard to get a grip. Like you, you need to get really. The movie needs to get you early these days because your attention spans are just so low. Like digital I know. change you like yeah. if you think right you know how instagram used to be 15 second videos and then they moved to 50 second videos that's about the limit of your attention span now so anything past 50 seconds you're fucking gone like you 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 even a game of league sometimes i must admit if i'm watching a game there is the occasion that i would fast forward a set of six from an opposition that i don't like so if I'm watching yeah, some oh, Sharks yeah, play painful league against the Titans and I just want to watch the good team attack, I'll fast yeah. forward the shit teams attacking six. Well, uh, it's an interesting... So, well, the Deliums, and I didn't realise this, they require the voters, uh, the judges, to be at the game yeah. at the game live. Really? Um, I reckon... Yeah, no, I think that's true, actually. No, I reckon... I, I think that they prefer... Yeah, yeah, you're right. No, they have to be there live, which is bullshit because league is a, uh, is a TV, it's TV sport. But I think, no, you're right. Like, if when we watch games live, I generally believe, usually you and I, we sort of pick things up yeah, you that you don't you pick can. up on TV. So I think maybe you have the to individuals do... can't. Yeah, a lot. You can see who's yeah, not so think... doing, who's shirking responsibility, or who's probably people jump out, jump out in live. But anyway, Ruan yeah. Sims. And so Aaron Woods is a great. Um, He's a lot better player at the game than he is on TV, for instance. Sharon. We'll get to him yeah. in a minute. I want to bring up something on Sharon in a minute. Back to Ruan Sims. So she basically, it was it started getting some like traction on Twitter because the game that she was judging was Manly Parramatta and Parramatta flogged them by 50. She gave Abby Coruscant one point who'd missed nine tackles and made two mistakes and he'd come off the bench. I think, no, no, he hadn't come off the bench. But he basically had a shit game. So that started to get some red lights. And then he gave Tim Banner two points, who was like had his worst statistical output game of the season, came off the bench. So she basically just looked... I'm thinking that she looked at her phone, jumped on Rugby League Live, looked at a couple of stats quickly and goes, OK, Daly M's usually give two to the team that wins, one to the team. OK, Coruscant's a good player. I'm going to give him one point. But she did. She did not think that. I mean, the backlash on Twitter are fucking having her for lunch. Is Twitter having it for, her for lunch? Are they? Because that's. I had a theory about that. Because to be honest, I'd like to talk to Rowan Sims about it. There's a couple of questions that come to mind. She one, stepped down. She stepped down as a judge. She stepped down, which is good. She's done that. But there's a couple of things that come out of this. One, is this the first time this has happened? Because imagine she only got caught out because she got. She's playing. Not many people actually play anymore, so it'd be very hard to under- know that Brandy wasn't at the game, for instance. So I reckon it's happening more than we think, and judging by the awarding, 
that would definitely be the case because it's a bit of a joke of a comp. And the other one is on the mainstream media, not Twitter by the sounds of it, but a lot of people are giving her the benefit of the doubt. Oh, and is that because she's female? 100%. We're going to bring that up, were you? No. But I, the, well, okay, I'm just, I saw... Because they don't want to... I mean, put yeah, this, I saw a bit in, of... In a male-dominated sport, right? If people just start teeing off on her, it's just going to it's gonna create a whole yeah. new net sexist narrative that they're having a go at the female. Now, they've just taken it very easy on her. But what she's done is she's just disgraced the whole Dallium judging. So who, who runs the Dallium judging? The NRL. It gets submitted to the Daily Telegraph. It's just cheerleading. It's just a disgrace. It needs to go back to... Well, they're all run by News like, Limited, so... Well, Rothman's, used to, Rothman's medal used to be done by the referees. What's the, what's the um, AFL one that do? Apparently the Brownlow's like sacred. Serious or something? I don't yeah. know. They... Yeah, I don't know. Um, referees isn't a bad one. Or if you... Do you know what I wouldn't mind? Like the opposing captain. Popularity contest. Referee wouldn't. Well, referee, you'd, you know, you wouldn't get like the Burgess to scoring points, or maybe you would. I don't know. We can't. If you get kicking suspended, you can't get any points anyway. It's just bullshit. Because you can do a technical suspension, right? What about what about what about more like rather than the stupid per game points and stuff? What about just changing it to more of like a MVP voting, say the NBA do, right? So they get like people. A couple of hundred people who are either journalists or people within the sport or, you know, media and that kind of thing all get a couple of votes and you get to vote on all the awards at the end of the year and then you do best def- uh, defensive player, most improved player. Uh, yeah, MVP I like that. And all that kind I mean, of thing. Because at the end of the day, you get, if you're playing Origin, you're going to miss out on some points. Yeah. Um, you could be a highly one of the high, most highly inconsistent players in the game and get three points oh, Jelly in one week and then three points William the next week and just go seesawing and still win the Dallium do you know what I mean Who's it's very possible that the Dallium and the William on the same year fuck that's something else who now who's leading the William at the moment uh, Mitchell Moses now I saw on I mean the William for people that don't know it is named after Willie Mason and you get three, two, one points. We've discussed it on the show before, but it's run by a great website called Making the Nut, and you get three, two, one points for the shittest player in the field. Now, Mitchell Moses is has won it before, I believe, two years ago, won the William Medal. Good, yeah. I there's two things that just drive me mental about Mitchell Moses this week. One, his face was on the back of the paper today around potential bolters for the Blues. Well, Phil Rothfield is just a liar. He's not a journalist. And two. I saw a Fox Sports headline, which made me think conspiracy. I saw a Fox Sports headline on Sunday saying, Moses inspires Eels win. He wasn't even in the fucking top five players in the team. So who's reading these articles? Now, this is what makes me think, like, who's pumping Mitchell Moses? Like, is it just the media that pumps his name so so often? Is it that he's Benny Elias' nephew? Like, have you ever... Now, I started to think about this. Have you ever talked to one player who knows rugby league who said that Mitchell Moses is a good player. I've never, I've never talked to a player. Do you mean, well, oh yeah, sorry, an ex-player? person. Sorry, not a player, a person. Yeah, a Have person. you ever talked yeah. to anyone that said Mitchell Moses is a good player? No, except some, yeah, no, not some unless they're media. Right? And then yeah, 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 yeah. are different. Like, I'm starting to wonder, does Brad Fittler know what the fuck he's talking about? If he's, and, and Peter Sterling and, and those guys that say that Mitchell Moses is like, they talk his name up? 
What but the big thing, about? Yeah, I agree. And the thing, big thing about pundits, though, they have to sort of keep on the player sides a bit too, because they need too to much. be able to like call them up. Like Denny Weedler needs to be able to. You know, that's bullshit. The other thing that annoyed me about Moses's game on the weekend was his reaction when they won. Did oh. you see that? He's like doing this, like it was he's, almost like yes, we achieved it, mate. You fit the watching. Tigers in a oh seesaw. God, he's he's just, you know, he does the odd quite nice thing. Right, he Look, I think you're being ball. a bit too harsh on him. He's the bottom. As I said, I reckon he'd be the really good player in the English Super League. Hmm. I think he would, because he was brilliant for Lebanon against weak defences. What's his position? He's a six, right? But he's yep. playing yeah, He's playing six, six for the Eels. I mean, I guess the thing is that people judging, you know, people talking him up in respect to the New South Wales team, because they think they're so low on quality halves, especially with Cleary injured, but... It's, I mean, he's getting a sniff around. Maloney is the six, and it's not even close. I saw, it's quite interesting though, Tadishi, Nick Tadishi, who is one of the more, more well-respected journalists of uh, Legal Council, mm. he, you know who, who, he, who he had in the house, and he picked his New South Wales origin Cody team today. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you must be shocked at that. I was, mate. And this guy is a respected, one of the most respectable journalists of rugby league in Australia. I know. I was very. Did you give him shit on Twitter after this? Yeah, I will. I will actually. But that just goes to show you that they're in a there's a dearth of quality halves in New South Wales. Mitchell Pearce is out for the season. Nathan Clare is injured. You know, Jack Bird's fat. I'd have um, Reynolds. Adam Reynolds. Uh, Josh Reynolds is injured. The game, Adam Reynolds game is a walking what injury. Who have you got left? You've got. I mean, Tyron that's why they're talking about um, Mitchell Moses. I'd just go Tyron Peachy. Quote, he's not going to let you down, is he? No, isn't he? He won't. He might. He might let a try in from something. He's probably going to make two. But anyway, see today that Manly, rather than bring back Jackson Hastings, they named Dylan Bootley. Walker in the sixth jersey. Oh, but they have brought Hastings into the squad, haven't they? No, he's on the reserves list. You know how they now that they've named the bench in the reserves. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Really? What's That's your take quite... on the Jackson Hastings thing? I, my take is he's a young guy. Um, I don't, the, the way the Manly Club have handled the situation has been a disgrace. They've tried to put this their DCE guy on a pedestal. Um, yeah, I know Hastings is a grub and he's winds people up the wrong way, but he's a, a young player and he's he's got one of those personalities. Um, they could have handled this a lot better. We don't, it didn't need to. But people have blow ups at each other at training. If you're having a blow up at training, it's good. You think about all those Broncos teams of the mid nineties and stuff. They would have been blowing up at each other at training all the time. Hmm. Um, I think the you know barely invested too much in DCE. I think yeah, you've just nailed it. They've got too much invested in DCE. The whole club's based around him. But I think pretty much no one really likes him. But he is the club, so you just got to gin and bear it. And Hastings is probably one of those guys that you, you've played with them too. They just rub you up the wrong way. They kind of walk around, like they're really talented, but they walk around like they're the best player on the field whenever they're there. Was and it I you think... telling me that, or someone else said, he literally, he's a, he's not throwing in the head, he literally, he idolises Conor McGregor. Absolutely idolises him. And he actually looks like him. He walks around in the um, changing shed in his undies, standing in front of a mirror, like flexing his muscles, talking in an Irish accent, no banter. Joking. 
No bender. You are joking. But that's all right. That's what he does. I mean, can, I, I, I mean, that's a bit annoying if you're on his team. But you know, it's he's that, obviously McGregor um, is a hero to him. Well, well um, he, he deserves to be there from a pure look. It's the whole goes back to the no dickheads rule, which obviously the Eels didn't subscribe to. Um, they don't, they don't want a guy who's just a bit of a headcase. Anu Mau is not a dickhead. No, but like you go through the Eels, they've got reckon. a bunch of deros in their team. They don't give a shit. Like they've, yeah, they, they, they just, they've just tried to assemble talent and not mental talent. Um, sure. So you wanted to talk about, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about um, rugby league stats and trying to take them to the next level. And when we did our show a couple of weeks ago, when we did the, the first ever show in person, we actually had a few cans and we forgot a few items on the agenda. But talk me through your rugby league stats that you want to see so- um, introduced. Okay, so what's a traditional rugby league box score? If you read it in the paper, right, it'll probably say Warriors 16 and then just say tries, Johnson, uh, Luke, uh, Hiku, right? And goals, two goals, um, Johnson. And then whoever they played, Broncos and Dill or whatever. What does that tell you? So I'm I'm trying to – I want to revolutionise the rugby league box score, okay? Hmm. Now, I'm going to explain it to me, to you, sorry. You're talking about, you're talking then, about um, because a box score from, like, from a uh, individual perspective is a little bit different. Like, sometimes it will go, like, points, meters, offloads, line breaks, tackles. Is that, that what you call a box be, score? Yeah, okay. that seem to be the... Um, the go-to ones. Let's just say league live, right? You go... You basically say... Points, meters, offloads, line breaks, tackles. That's sort of roughly. Yeah, okay. Well, I want. You could say line break assists or try assists. Okay, you can choose that. Okay, so what I I want to do is I want to do a scoring system Mm. where it's turning a bit VFL, but what happens if we say, let's say this Warriors score 16, then we say tries, and then I say the try scorer. And so I say Sean Johnson. Then I open the bracket and I put a number which the minute he scored in. So I put a 12 because mm. Johnson scored in the 12th minute. Mm. Then I put a comma and then the next number is the tackle he scored on. So the third tackle. So, so let's say he scored on the third tackle. So that goes three. And then the next one uh, would be position on uh, – I don't know. Yeah, I've stuffed this up, haven't I? <laughs> no, I think you, you... Do you know what I'm talking about? You're saying minutes scored, then so that's tackle, the first tackle scored on, then position yep, so, on the field. Oh, yeah, so position on the field. Yeah, so... So what's that? Before the try. So that's how, from the, the last play the ball, Yeah. how far out from the opposition's uh, line were you? Okay, so if I put four metres, that means, so on the... Set the second tackle because I said he scored on the third tackle, right? Mm. The, the, the second tackle play the ball was yes. four meters out from his own line. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Because so that's pretty cool because it shows you. It, it'll start the link, letting the, you the, know the, the, um, exactly, and then you'll be able to analyze the Cowboys only score twenty to thirty meters out. Yeah, so there's a couple of things that strike me with that. Is one, it's the same as the NFL where you'll say um, David Johnson touchdown ninth minute. And all will yep. in brackets, 72 is a 72-yard run. 
And then football, as in soccer. What about, how do you always, know passing, though? Run. Is that run or passing? Both. They'll say 73 yard touchdown reception, or they'll say blah, 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 blah. Like run. Or yep. then football is all around time, isn't it? In the brackets, you'll say, like, um, Peter Crouch got a goal 90 plus three as an injury time. Well, you know, it always said the, the, the time there. So there's a little bit of inspiration that you've taken. I don't mind. I don't mind it. Any, so you'll reel around these box scores that you get a sense of if you didn't see the game, you'll know where the try, you, you picture that where that try was coming from. You picture where it came from, yeah. Because at the moment you say Johnson, you know, you'd imagine him dancing around. But if you saw, if you saw 90, if you saw 99, Oh, yeah. uh, and then it said sixth. It would say you could picture in your mind that I don't know a centre played the ball one meter out from the opposition meters line. Yeah. Johnson was expected to kick but ran it. Yeah. Or he might have kicked. No, he if Johnson scored, he would have ran it probably. But if say uh, Mormalo scored, you would have ex- probably say that Johnson kicked a bomb to him. You know. Yep. Yeah. No, I, I like where your head's at. And then instead, oh, so for the second number, which is the tackle scored on. If the tackle was scored um, from an intercept, you just have a hyphen, oh, yeah. which means it's basically on the zero tackle. Or you could say negative three, negative four, negative five, negative six. Negative mean. Well, that's the other team's ball, so the other team's tackle. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. Um, and what else do you reckon, like offensive and defensive rating? Tell me about that. So offensive rating is basically... How many points you score per position, per set, Ooh. which is same as it's just, just it's just a level up. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and then that yeah, defense, uh, defense of a set that you're attacking. Then defensive rating is your points you concede per defensive set. I like that. And I then your really net like rating that. is just uh, uh, offensive minus really defensive. Yep. Yeah. Like it. Well. I'll make sure you're on board with both of those, which in Because how many sets? How many sets do the Warriors get per game? Um, we get more than the average. I know that sh- that St George have an average this season mm. of 45. Fuck. And the season average for teams is 41.6. So you definitely made that those, up. Because the way that you said was, six, you made that up. Okay, let's, let's, but they're about three higher. Listeners are listening to us with like, they, I mean, they okay, might, they might tell their that. mates these stats. Okay, but it's about they're about. So I know they're three hot, hot, So they're getting they're getting about three more possessions a game, mm. and how well are they using it? Compared, so then you can start looking at a statistic. You're like, well, okay, we're actually a very good offensive team. We mm. we we're scoring highly off our sets. Do we need to get more sets? Therefore, do we need to get a better kicker and then get more repeats? I mean, I hope I hope these are the kind of stats that the um, you know the level up that you've got the guys behind the scenes, your moneyball guys that are actually um, paying attention to. I had to think about stats as well, and what I want to see is a new stat called red zone meters. And I always look at players, especially wingers, and how valuable they are. Is how many meters they get coming out of trouble so their red zone meters per hit up out of trouble because yep. if you're playing against a team that's got a great kicking game your forwards are tired your back three is expected to do the work if your back three aren't big these days like a small winger or a Matt Dufty so let's just say that Cooper Cronk's just putting the ball back putting the ball back putting the ball back and Matt Dufty's running the ball if he can't get out of trouble 
that's not a kick return because the kick return is different. So red zone meters for me is usually tackle one, two, three inside your own twenty. So not tackle zero. Nah, because oh no, that would be tackle one if you're catching the ball. Or tackle. But that's zero. a kick return. So of course, yeah, so you need, okay, okay, okay. So you need to get... take the kick return away. It's it's okay, your yeah, first yeah. couple of head ups after a kick yeah. return. So it's your tackle, your yeah after tackle one. Yeah, no, I like that. And I, I, yeah. I always think that in the modern day, wingers are just like extra forwards in that situation. So I want to know who the best the best red zone meters are. Um, yeah, and you would and you'd do it. So you'd say Mamalo, you would say gets twelve point three, eight point nine meters on yeah. the second tackle, seven point eight on the third tackle, and then you could start saying, "Well, Mamalo, I want you on the first tackle because you're getting more yards there, and then I more want your centre on the third. I like that. And then you could also do the Warriors get X, uh, get twelve meters on our first tackles, mm. but only seven meters on our Which is um, natural because the defensive tackle. line's set as the tackle as the tackle Exactly. Because... But then you could compare it with the rest of the league and say, well, why aren't we getting that? Exactly. Uh, do we have to spin it out too wide on the second tackle exactly. and then the third tackle we just do a hit up. Um, yeah, I like, I like thinking there. Another one I've taken inspiration from cricket is around bomb height. So you know when people hitting sixes these days and, and your favourite sport, the big bash the, I hate it. The KFC Big Bash or the I hate Super it. Just Smash. to make sure everyone on the listeners know I don't like that sport. They do the arc and the trajectory of a six, and you know, have that line that goes across and does 106 metres, for example, for a big hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like to see that same line for bomb height. Yeah, I think that's a definite... Um... Like when they really say, oh, there's snow on that, or oh, it's a big swirling wind, like, I want to know how high it goes. I guess do we? I know you think we have the technology now, just with um, you know our little lidar um, in the stadiums to do that. I like that because you might say DCE has a 82 meter bomb. Mm. Oh, that's very high. It wouldn't be that high. Let's say he's got an average 42 meter bomb height, but his diffusal rate is a lot lot higher than another with a smaller bomb, you'd say, oh, his bombs must have more work on it or they're better placed. Diffusal rate is also fantastic for a back three. You mean you you should be working on your diffusal rate? Like, your diffusal rate, but it's still... It's, yeah, as, as long as you define, you need to good. define it pretty well. It's it's on a... If the ball was kicked on the last... No, it doesn't have to be the last tackle. It was the ball kicked in your direction. Catches, your direction. What does that mean? over total... Um, kicks your way so you're either going to catches and drops hang on if you catches and drop okay what if if I um, am Kubik Kronk run to the line put a little grubber in but diffusal is I feel like the diff- oh no actually no you're right diffusal's grubber and in the air is you get it back out kick diffusal is a positive position um, coming from a kick okay so what I'm saying is if you grub it in it's Kronk grubbers and Sheik gets it that hit and he then gets bundled back into dead ball line. That you're saying that's he's got a he hasn't diffused it. Yeah, and he had an opportunity to diffuse it. Yeah, I don't, I don't I mean, mind that. The word diffusal is it's bomb based, purely bomb jargon. I mean, so I do have a little yeah. Problem yeah I just think you're, you're diffusing a grubber. Yeah. No, you're still diffusing you diffuse a bomb about to blow up a grubber can blow up yeah, in your face. No, but you diffuse a bomb. Maybe that you Reynolds a grubber because he's grub. Quote, yeah, I like that. And then the last thing, this is probably something that I stole off you, but bring the offside line in. 
on from a visual from a visual perspective on the TV, just like the NR, uh, the NFL have the game line um, to get your first downs. Bring the offside line in on TV from a graphic perspective. Yeah, they were, I think we've discussed this on the show, but they were going to do it when they started yeah. Fox League, and it never happened. Really? And it was that, yes, I can remember when Fox League started. Um, was it last year it started, or year before? Their big selling point was we're going to put a green line on for the 10 metre line. Really? And before the season, and then they just sort of, yeah, and then they just didn't bring it out. And I was like, what the fuck? Did they like protect the referees or something? Like, it would have been brilliant now with the penalty crackdown. So I I was concerned about that. Even like, you could do uh, uh, on the as soon as someone gets tackled and plays the ball, you could do a little zone around them where the markers have to be. Oh, I don't know, yeah, but I like you. If anyone can tell us, can you get back to us on Twitter, Lee at, at League Understage Council, to, if they know why Fox League didn't follow through with their promise. Uh, I'm sure I'm, 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 I'm I might be able to get you um, a mate of mine. Um, T works at Fox Sports, so I might be. He's actually the cleaner there, so I might be able to get you. Um, He's got a Twitter handle. Get involved. Now, speaking of Twitter, I've got a good question. A couple of questions from Twitter, so I'll throw them at you. The first one's from B. Cooper. um, And his question is, man management versus X's and O's. What's more important? What is harder? Manly, for example. X's and O's is a tactical coach. You know, like a looking at players, oh, yeah, looking yeah. at sequences, yeah, 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 looking yeah, yeah, at all yeah. the different things, where man management, yeah. um, you know, think Graham Lowe, think yeah. Mel Meninga, think... Louis McLennan? Laurie Daly. No, Louis McLennan's an X's and O's guys. He's a real, he's a real tactician. Is he? Don't know. <laughs> I think he's, I think he's now, a man manager. X's and O's... Brian Smith would be the first one that would come to mind. Matthew Elliott would also be an X's and O's guy. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say um, Neil Henry. Yes, I will say Trent Robinson. Wayne Bennett. And uh, he's a man manager. No, no, no. Okay. Uh, Dez, Dez. Dez is an X and O's guy. Yep. Bellamy. Bellamy, I think, is the perfect hybrid. Oh. I was thinking of Bellamy before. Yeah. I think he's the ultimate. He's he's just the perfect coach. He's a, he's a he's a beautiful hybrid of both. Medge. Madge would be a X's and O's. Oh, no, I think he'd be a bit of a hybrid. And Laurie Daly? Complete man manager. Doesn't even okay. know what an X and O, where they go. Okay. So, talk to me. What's more important? It's all dependent on the players. <laughs> it all the depends on though, your players. I mean, in it, I mean, at rep football, these players are coming together for rep football where you are... I think a man manager is more important. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then obviously, at, if you've got a team of experienced players, XO is probably more important. Um, it's it's horses for courses. Um, for instance, I mean, let's bring up the Kiwi coach's job at the moment, right? Yep. The New Zealand Rugby League uh, team is going to have plenty of talent mm-hmm. um, available to them. And you've got Michael Maguire, Laurie Daly, I think, leading the way. Dez is still in the hunt, I think. No, I think Tuki's dropped Dez has pulled out because they've, okay. said, they've said to Dez that if you've got aspirations as an NRL coach, we don't want you. But Michael Madge said last, Maguire said last night, he has aspirations as an NRL coach anyway. So, But I think that he potentially, if he wants the Kiwis job, he's going to have to sign on 
to the next World Cup and have a clause in his contract that he doesn't look at it and then okay. have a job. Right. So fair Okay. So for that team, the Kiwis. I mean, Tuvi's not even a chance. I've heard. Yeah, no. Okay. So, so it's between Maguire. So you got a, a man manager and Daly. And now Daly has come out and said publicly he does not have ambitions as an NRL coach. So I like the look of that. Uh, that's good for your long-term planning at NZRL. But you, I think Laurie Daly is a man manager. So is he going to be able to beat a Mel Meninga-inspired Australian team just by managing this group of young players he's got? Well, I mean, as much as they needs a leader, on, as much as they fell flat on their face, he was not far away on a couple of occasions from New South Wales beating Queensland, and he did. He 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 led them to a series against Mel Meninga. So I think Laurie is the kind of guy that could... I think when you've got the Kiwis, you go into a different environment, you've had a fucking tough NRL season, an international... You just want someone that just inspires you, that you look up to, that is a bit of a legend, that gives you something different, that you can have a change of environment, that fosters a fun, um, fun atmosphere, that you also have a common goal of doing something great. And I One of the, yeah, agreed. Agreed. One of the biggest problems with the international league these days is when you're going on tour to the UK, is that you're going to go for three or four weeks, and you've got like three games, mm. um, and you're away from home for a long time. You're in some shit parts of England, mm. especially if you've got some of these guys with new kids. Lots of um, station. Lots of PlayStation, but it just does their head. And so you need, you're, you're right, you need a guy that An can sort of... tourist who knows, like yeah, Laurie yeah. would know. I mean, how many Rue tours did he go on? He knows what happens and he probably has got then, a few, few numbers that he can call up to say, hey, you know... So what I'm I, saying is you can't do that now. So it makes the tours quite I mean, boring. You can't, no, they still do it. Uh, do they? I mean, okay. the league tour is a league tour, mate, and you know that. If anyone knows what goes on on league tours, if they went on at legal under slash cancel on Twitter and let me know I'd be happy to hear mate we're actually running out of time so I want to do what I always finish a show on is and again we've, we won't have to do those topics next week let's look ahead at this week's games and I'll run you through them starting on jeez Thursday night football is an underwhelming fucking fixtures aren't uh, is it though Broncos at yeah. home surprise surprise to the Bulldogs the Bulldogs are just they aren't enjoyable to watch are they no they can't they can't attack. Although they went all right against the Panthers early on last week. Broncos. But uh, you see James Marshall King's been put in dummy half for Hita Leecher. And Frawley comes into the halves. Why don't they play New Brown? Apparently he's going... Yeah, why not? He's going to Manly want him? What's he done wrong? I actually rated him. Um, he's fire. So, yeah, Broncos The Knights... Pretenders at home to the Rabbits, who I don't mind the Rabbits. But the Rabbits fuck, get up at this one. Tell you what, the Knights playing 2.35 head-to-head at home at McDonald Jones Stadium. In front of a full house. That's a sneaky good bet for the Knights. Did you know, this is a little step for you, who are the two um, home teams or two teams that play the national anthem before every game? In the NRL. In the NRL, there's two. Yep. So every every game on Anzac Run gets played um, the national anthem, right? But yeah. there's two teams in the NRL that have the national anthem played before every home game. One of them is Newcastle, and the other is North Queensland. I was going to say the Cowboys. 
Yeah, well, they've got a big military population up there, you know. Um, speaking of which, whew, you'd have to say close to do or die for the Cowboys, given they've got origin period. Panthers yep. at home, Carrington Park, which is in Bathurst, First, yep. to uh, Cowboys. Uh, you, I know you're just waiting for these Cowboys to click. Um, they've let Carney go, so that's saying that... Carney's basically... fucking... He's cooked, mate. I know, but surely when you're in this sort of form, you'd try anything. So I know you're just waiting for them to click. I just... They could lose this weekend, and then it's goodbye to the I feel sorry for the Panthers. Who is their medical team? We talked about this last time, but Dylan Edwards is out for the season now, and he and DWZ is not a fullback. There's going to be some real tough times for the Panthers in this back half of the season. I just, I just, Tyrone, mate, is Tyrone named? named? No, he's, he's not quite fit yet. Yeah, all right. Uh, moving on, Raiders, Titans, GIO Stadium. You have to say the Raiders won that. They had a brilliant win last week. Probably yep. up there, not the match of the round, but pretty close to it. Warriors at home to the Tigers. Tigers lost two straight. Warriors got fucking jazzed all over by the Storm. <laughs> I still think the Warriors can win this. I think it's going to be a real arm wrestle, and I think either way, it can go either way. Sharks at home to the Eels. All you Sharks fans, can you just beat these cunts? I fucking hate the Eels. Why? I, no, I hate them, mate. Yeah, okay. I want them. Yeah, you're right. I want the Sharks to win. Dugan out for four weeks. Surprise, surprise. The white Steve Maddai has got problems with his fucking shoulder area. The Dragons at home and Oki Jubilee Oval to the Melbourne Storm. What a game on Sunday afternoon too. Hear me and hear me now. Dragons beat them. Really? Yeah, I think the Storm just clicked stupidly on that game and no one was going to touch them, but the week-to-week variability of the NRL, Dragons for me, and they win, and they win, and they so win. So this, the, this is the best Sunday ticket we've had for a long time. Sunday ticket, and then you've got two unenjoyable teams to watch at the moment, Roosters hosting at Allianz, the Manly Sea Eagles. You would think... Yeah, okay, they that ruins the Sunday ticket. But it's good to have a top-of-the-table clash play during the day. When was the last time that happened? It doesn't happen much Two these days. Two o'clock at Jubilee Oval. Fuck, I love that. Out there. Never been there. Quite. Um, anything else to, to chat before you shoot off, mate? No, I'd just like to give a couple of shout-outs to some good listeners. Um, James Hall out there in London. Um, he's always listened to us and was uh, reading battles listening to us in a sauna in Utrecht last week. Thanks for listening, mate. Keep up the good feedback. And um, who else has been worth a shout-out? Well, I, I actually was talking to on Anzac Day. No, what was it? In the weekend, was talking to a big listener of the show, Henry Bud, big Raiders fan, and his wife was saying that he was she was driving to Canberra with him, and he said, I need to put on a podcast. And she's like, okay. And he put it on legal counsel. And she goes, I listened to your podcast, and I really enjoyed it. Really? They awesome. are female friendly. And she said you guys were talking about someone's partner or missus and you were um one one of you were slagging him off and the other person was saying she was all right. Who was I can't that? remember what show it was, but she said you guys had a really good rapport. So, wow. you know, some positive feedback there as well. Maybe we are maybe we're a um equal opportunities podcast. Quote, well, I'm all for bringing in other um, listeners, uh, other, like, contributors. So if you want to feed, give us feedback on Twitter, at legal slash council, to say if you want some, like, racing or some boxing chat, let us know. Yeah, all right, good stuff. Um, well, mate, we will we will talk. In Love your league. Normal, we'll be back on a normal schedule time next week. 
you got to love your league. Wake up in the morning after the weekend to get an update on the NRL. Illegal counsel. Wake up in the morning after the weekend to get an update on the NRL. My legal counsel. Hits of the weekend scandals on Monday. A story from Jack about a urinal. My legal counsel.